This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome to the Pride of West London Besotted Podcast. Uh, it's never a dull moment in football, and there's certainly never a dull moment at Brentford Football Club. The last the last 24 hours has been eventful. The last week has been monumental. Um, we're here down at the Prince Belusha in Twickenham, which is a bit of a home from home from us. As, any, as regular listeners to the podcast will know, we do love it down here. Um, as I always say, they treat us like a king down at the Prince, and tonight is no different. Um, we've tucked into a few chips already. Um, that won't be the last food, I don't think, because we've got a lot to get through tonight. And there's plenty of half-empty beer glasses, lots of pride glasses, lots of unfiltered glasses going around. Again, that won't be, they won't be the last beers that I had all night because there's lots to jaw about. Um, before we get on to football, um, let's talk about something that's a little bit more important than that. Um, there was an announcement that went out on the Brentford website last night from Ryan Woods um, about the loss of his child, which is absolutely tragic. Now, the day-to-day things that wind us all up, this puts everything, everything in perspective. It even puts um, uh, you know, a, a, a couple of defeats at the beginning of the season in perspective as, as well. Ryan Woods has been a great player for Brentford. He will continue to be a great player for Brentford. I ca- as a parent, I, can, I can't even imagine what, the, what pain and what suffering the Woods family are going through right now. So just on behalf of myself and, um, you know, Besotted and all Brentford fans, all our love to you, Ryan, and your family. Um, you know, I hope, I hope uh, you, you know, you just can just get back into football very slowly. Brentford have got an amazing record of looking after players. I, I, you know, their, their record second to none. So ease yourself back, and, and when you're ready, we'll be there to, to cheer you on, and we, we can't wait to see you, mate. So yeah, just all our love to you, Ryan, and all your family. Don't think we'll elaborate any more on that because you know it's, it's, it's. I think probably the least said about everything, the better at the moment. It's just you know wait for the player to to feel when his time to to get back is. Nick, you you want to you want to 
raise a couple of other 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 points. Just one point. I think also to show that how strong the bees family is, I think we ought to congratulate everybody um, for helping out Natalie Sparrow, Joel Sparrow, B66, known to some people, uh, died tragically young and uh, pretty quickly of cancer. And Natalie and her family were left pretty uh, stranded with funeral costs, etc. And a quick rip wrap. A quick whip around of bees fans has already raised most of the funeral costs. I think of tonight, they, they would, the costs were around 4,000, and look tonight, so we'd already raised about 3,600. It's really impressive what um, the bees family have done, and it just shows what supporting a football club is about and should be about. Thank you to everybody who donated. You won't be surprised that the majority of tonight's podcast is going to be taken up with um, the new stadium announcements. Um, you, I think you've probably got your head in the sand if you've not realised that the club announced some amendments to what we perceive to be the new stadium plans. Um, over the last half a decade, Brentford fans have been central to supporting the club in its application for a new stadium um, in Brentford. We've, you know, dozens and dozens of people have worked tirelessly to, um, to to campaign for and to support the club and it, one of the one of the most memorable nights of my fans supporting you know, my Brentford supporting um, life was when we were at the um, Hounslow Council um, for the for the planning application um, and when you know when Brentford were were granted um, you know the right to, to have a stadium on, on Lionel Road. It was a, just a monumental achievement, and it, it goes back to you know the ABC campaign, and you know the, it, there's there's a, there's a lot there's a lot of there's a lot of campaigning and a, and a lot of tireless work has been put in to get us to a position where Brentford are able to have a stadium in Brentford, a new stadium in Brentford. So it's a very emotive and very personal um, issue to to all of us. Uh, leaving Griffin Park is something that few of us actually want to do. You know, I don't think any of us in an ideal world would ever leave Griffin Park. You know, if you had a magic wand, we'd be able to have the houses that we need and the land that we need to, to, to redevelop and to, 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 to make everything that we possibly would need in a new stadium exactly where we are now. We know that's not going to be possible. Uh, so we're, we're, we're left with looking forward to Lionel Road. So to talk about all that, we've, we've got some, some of the besotted regulars um, and we've got a couple of not-so-regulars, well, one not-so-regular. <laughs> it's uh, Mark the Mystic Ristic, who is a property lawyer um, and he's, he's, gonna, you know, he's a massive Brentford fan. He's, he's been with us, standing next to us for 30-odd years. Um, so you know, he's he's, well, he's 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 got he knows his history. He's loyal. He's, he's loyal. He is loyal. Um, so he's gonna. He's, he's been he's been like reading through literally on on the table here. There's reams and reams of paperwork. Um, so he's gonna give us a little bit more of an insight into you know what what some of these some of the finer detail of of this these amendments mean, um, and the rest of us. You know, it's, it's a very, it's a very in-depth and it's a very complicated subject matter. So the rest of us will be, you know, giving our tuppence worth, but you know, it's based on personal opinion mostly. So tonight, I have going round anti-clockwise. We have Matt the Allard. Allard, how are you, the Allard? Yeah, I'm all right, Dave. Um, it, you're talking about the planning um, thing at Hounslow Council, and um, it, t- it took me back actually to watching it live. On the internet, um, I was at home watching it live, the, the, the live broadcast, booing. I seem to remember, <laughs> sort of pantomime booing. It was at the Tory Chiswick 
um, counsellor and um, and all of that sort of stuff. So it, did, it took, took me back there, and it reminded me that um, yeah, there was there was a lot of excitement when when we first um, got permission for the new stadium. So yeah, it took me back. And to Matt's left is or to Matt's right is Liberal Nick the Liberal. Um, how are you, mate? I'm good. I'm probably. Probably to Matt's right is probably the right place as well. My planning expertise was I used to sit on a planning. Uh, I used to sit on a planning committee as a councillor, and I remember getting booed and shouted at and abuse thrown at me for approving all sorts of uh, all sorts of developments in the borough, including actually now I begin to think of it, the expansion of the stoop ground as well. So now all your booze and your, your jeering comes from your mates on a Saturday afternoon. Um, You're bullying again. Yeah, I am a bully. I'm, I absolutely. Uh, it's, it's, it's rife. It's rife around St. Brentford. Um, the Dutchman. Martin, the Dutchman, Dutchman. How are you, my friend? I'm very well, thanks very much. Mr. Lane, very well indeed. Um, my, my planning expertise isn't as good as the others, but I have just put in planning permission to try and get a positional change to our centre-halves when they're def- <laughs> when, particularly when they're defending corners so we're hoping to get that sorted by the time we go to Ipswich on Saturday <clears throat> Well I hope you're successful in that mate I think, I think you're, you've got a unanimous backing of, of, of everyone including probably the council and the Q residents which would be quite remarkable um, The Mystic Ristic how are you mate? Welcome back Hello David, yeah thanks for the invite tonight I feel absolutely privileged to be here And just privileged? Yeah, we'll stick with that for now, David. Yeah. <laughs> let's see how the evening goes. <laughs> so, yeah, well, well, let's see how the evening goes indeed. So, let's, let's, let's cast our minds back. We don't, well, we don't really want to do it, do we, really, to, to Nottingham Forest and Bristol City. Um, one point from two games, we probably should have had six points from, or we could have had four points from at least. So, let's, let's just go back and listen to a few fans um, and, uh, you know, the thoughts of um, supporters during and after and back in the boozers after the game. We played with a quite a low pace from the start, although we did control the game for the first 40 minutes. We were closing their defenders down, but... Um, that was about you know trying to stop and play, but that was about it. We our pace wasn't great. And I think once we had to start chasing the game, we we couldn't up the pace anymore. So it did take those three substitutions, and I thought they were all good. I thought actually Stoyers made a big difference uh, to, to the way we were playing, really spreading the ball, holding onto it, getting it out. And I thought we we, we those substitutes did improve us. Finished the season with uh, Dean and Barbe playing really well, and they're my my first choice uh, centre-back pairing out of the players we've got available. So, yeah, I think, I think we could have perhaps not changed things too much. We have, I mean, the, the silly thing is, the, the, teams that, the, the, the players that we've brought in that do look good are Mopay and Watkins. So maybe we do, do need to change them. Hey, for me, you're 1-0 up. You get the better of the game. you got to just see it out, what, five minutes, six minutes to half-time, and you go in 2-1 down, and it's a kick in the... Can I say bollocks? You can say what you want, mate. It's a kick in the bollocks, isn't it? Because you go in, you've you've had the better of the half. What's your your manager say, you know, when you go in there? Apart from that, it's very, very hard to lift that, you know, at half-time. Second half, I thought Forrest were the better team, to be fair. More, you know... more clinical as well took their chances Bushalakis looks like some player doesn't he well it's a great goal that he scored yeah yeah he got two there in fact all their goals were scored by players that have been brought in over the summer um, I said to you we were having a wee talk about Harley Dean being on the bench sounds like something that needs to get sorted um, you know there's no point having that you know 
So it needs to get sorted one way or the other, I'd imagine, before the end of the month. Well, it's difficult. I mean, like I said, our best centre-back pairing, a lot of people think it's Harley Dean and Barbe who are on the bench. They were brilliant back end of the season, and they were both on the bench today. And it really is something that we need to sort, because our defensive issues are, are just, you know, that, that's what's caused, that's up in our Achilles heel. That's the thing that's really, you know, caused us problems last season, yeah. and it's starting to cause us problems again this season. So it doesn't matter how many goals we score. We scored three goals today, yeah. we still lost the match. Yeah. Last season, you had us twice. So we've done you. 4-3. Seven goals. First away match. I'm happy. I was nervous. My nails have gone, but I'm happy. It's a friendly club. We, we, every pub we go in, we meet you guys. You know, sometimes the match is secondary to our day out, Bill, meeting all your boys. Uh, you <laughs> the know. way you played last couple of seasons, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was, you uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. was you there today? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I was, I was yeah, there yeah. today. Suck it up, 4 3. <laughs> well, yeah, this is one of our best away days, Bill. You guys always make us welcome. Win, lose, or draw. It's a great day out. Nice to take a win away, but it wasn't an easy game. Could have gone either way, in all fairness. And we have got a good young goalkeeper, and he did keep us in it. Tuesday night under the floodlights at Griffin Park. We are chewing our knuckles off. We are holding out. Oh my God. Holding out for what should be the first win of the season. Barbe is just, oh no. Oh no, they've equalized. Oh my God, they've equalized right to death. This is unbelievable. We, oh my God. We, we thought that we'd held out for this win in eight minutes of injury time. Oh, ridiculous. The drama. That, that was a win. That was an absolute win there. Dutch, it's not even over yet. Oh, mate, I'm in danger of being sweary, Dutch. We've got to get that ball clear at the back, mate. We've played so well tonight. Nerves started kicking in the last five minutes, you know. Sat too deep again. And we just don't seem to get it clear. It's just, I, I, I really, really don't know what to say at the moment. Bristol City fan here, getting back on his coach. You must be mighty relieved at the end of that game. You must have thought that was all over and done with. Well, not really. Well, you've got Bobby Reed. He's just on fire, isn't he? He just whacks anybody. No, no, I mean, come on. You know, He's we, we... always there, isn't he? He's on the spot. Four balls in three games. What more can you ask for? You're, you're, a, you're a happy boy, are you? Yeah, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> I, feel, I feel borderline robbed, mate. <laughs> well, you have been, but that's, that's scary, why. really. <laughs> so, I've got another, another Bristol City fan. I've got another happy Robin with me. I'm about to get on the coach back to Bristol. You, you must be massively relieved. Oh, massively relieved, yeah. We did absolutely nothing after our first goal but sit back. Soak up all the pressure of voices. <laughs> Just about gone. Um, we were so lucky, so so lucky to come away with a point. Um, <clears throat> credit to Bobby Reed. He did well. He finished it. But yeah, Brentford must be sick. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, we are sick. We have to. We have to say. Um, but from our perspective, it's, it was deja vu. We've been giving those goals away. Or we didn't clear our lines properly. You, you took. You took your chance. But after that, you know, it was pretty much all bees, wasn't it? I mean, what, what did you make of us? Very good with the ball, pass it around well. Very good. Um, Yotta, vibe, very, very good. Championship level, very good. And I think Ollie Watkins brought him from Exeter, sort of local to us. I know we were linked with him, um, but I think he could be a very good player. I think with the ball, very good. Um, 
I just don't know what happened in the last few minutes when the goal gave way. Yeah. You just seemed to go to pieces. So, there you have it. Um, Tuesday in particular, uh, the, the, game was, well, the game was won. You know, it's, um, the eight minutes that um, Josh McEachran was down injured, um, it, it, it came back to bite us again. Uh, the, you know, they, they almost equalised a couple. As you heard me just wail, they, they, almost, they, they almost just equalised before they did. So you know, we we sensed something was about to happen. I think we all believed that once um, once the uh, Barbe clearance off the line had been done, which what a miraculous header that was. I thought we, we we thought that that was it. You know, three points and hallelujah, back to the pub, couple of quick pints and celebrate. But it it wasn't to be, lads. <coughs> It, it, the, the start of the season hasn't been hasn't been easy watching necessarily. It's been pretty at times, but the results haven't been right. Matt, what what have you made of it so far? What what did you make of those two games in particular? Um, well, I'm sure, we're going to all say defending was shambolic, um, but uh, there's a. I, I think it's more than sort of blaming the centre backs. I think I think it's you know I've I, I'm not sure we're defending particularly well and any part of our own half um, so I think there's a bit more to it than that I don't think it's a, as, as we probably saw on last night rather than you know you swap you the two centre backs I didn't particularly see a marked improvement um, so you know that, that, that's, that's where we are we need to figure it out we need to figure it out quickly um, and then going forwards we're doing alright um, but I just don't think we've quite got the spark we're not quite sharp enough yet um, but that We've, we've been there before with that and it has come at some point so I think it probably will Dutch I heard two people say two different things to me last night one person said the opposition have got us sussed um, they say you're good in possession but when you haven't got possession you're really vulnerable and the other one was that it's just too pretty you know it's, it's just it's all it's all possession no cutting edge we've, we've heard those arguments before we know the season's a nine month long one and overall that good attacking football normally gets you in a good position and, and you score lots of goals we need to just cut it out what have what, what the last two games actually you know what, what, are your, what is your appraisal of, of um, you know the last 72 hours I think the, the results themselves were disappointing I thought the performance last night was good um, Saturday's was good in patches and clearly we've got to sort that defending out and as Matt says I don't think buying new centre halves or changing around makes a difference there is a, a formation issue there and maybe it's just a, you know the payback for playing such attacking football and we leave them exposed I think we thought that um, Mahoto would come in and play in front of the back four, but that doesn't seem to be quite where he's playing. So we haven't really addressed what we thought was the issue last year. But you know, it's been exciting to watch. It's it's, it's good football, and I think once we get a few wins under our belt, we'll look back at those games with kind of slightly more positive views than we are currently. It's, it's not easy when you're sitting with one point after three games because you, you start worrying. But you know, we're, we're a good team. We're a decent team. Have people got a sus because of any weaknesses? I think. You know, teams just come to grips with teams slightly better. We've been in the championship now for a few years. You know, we're not new anymore. I'm not sure there's any particular issues there. I think in the same way that we would suss out other teams after you played them a few times and get to watch them a bit more. You know, we're not a surprise package anymore, but I don't think there's any real specific weaknesses there other than the ones that we've already identified ourselves. Nick, I'm going to be more positive positive and upbeat about this. I think we need to re- recognise two things, one of which Sawyers has been playing out of his skin. Uh, at the start of this season and you know man of the match for me both at Forest and, and at the Bristol games 
two Malpay being on the field, forty nine minutes, scored two goals. You can't ask for a better return from that from from a striker. He's going to be really really good for us. And third point is Ollie Watkins, fitted like a glove. And Ollie Watkins, I'm really excited about. My only danger is he might be a one season wonder for us because somebody will come and snap him up even bigger. Yeah, I can't, I can't argue, and I won't argue with any of that. Uh, Mark, the two home games, did you expect more from those two? Are you disappointed, or, or is it just bedding in? I have to be honest, I, I personally expected a lot more from it. I, I, I absolutely echo what uh, the three guys have just said themselves. Uh, I see it as, they say it's a game of two halves. I look at, it at three zones that we've got at the moment. Nick's comments about Ollie Watkins, Malpay, the strike force we've got. You mentioned a comment to uh, Dutch about what the people have said you, to you before about um, cutting edge and all the rest of it. Well, I disagree. I think there's plenty of cutting edge because um, last night's game, I think we were on siege on their goal for 60 minutes at least in some way, shape or form. It's the defence, which you mentioned quite rightly at the start. Are we at the level where I think we might need a defensive coach or something to try and organise this back four unit, well, back five with Mr Bentley as well, um, to try and get something going there. I've got no issue with the particular um, personnel there myself. I think they're all really cracking good lads. There's, You can see it when the substitutions are being made around 60 minutes. Thomas Frank is straight out there. You, I think even the cameras commentated it on one of the uh, previews. Oh, sorry, on the, one of the replays at one time, the highlights of the games, rather. And it was good to see that tactical awareness and change. But I've had this conversation before with people... Yes, we've got a plan A. I think we've got a plan B, but somehow it's not being executed in defence. But monitoring defensive performance is quite a hard thing to do. I've also got a bit of suspicion, admittedly, with Daniel Bentley's distribution at the moment as well. But I don't think... I think that's more of getting them to gel with the comment I've just made about getting that back four, back five, working together as a defensive unit. That's my opinion. Um, Something else I want to throw in here as well. We, we, We touched upon Ryan Woods very briefly... We, let's not forget that he's a teammate of all of these players. Um, they, the Brentford squad would have known about Ryan's um, loss before the game against Nottingham Forest. The, it's, a tight, it's a tight-knit squad. They spend a lot of time together on the training pitch. They travel up and down the country together. Some of them room with Woodsy. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have an impact on them too. I don't want to, you know, looking for excuses or whatever. Or, but, you know, we, I think we, we have to kind of acknowledge that the, the Brentford squad is probably a bit down as well at the moment about this whole thing. Um, four, four points, I'd, I'd say, we've, we've certainly... Chucked away. Do we? Do we have to? Are we? Are we just looking more philosophical than that now, Matt? Or, you know, do we just like put that behind us, or you know, or, or you know, is there a problem? Um, I don't think there's any more of a problem than we had last season. Um, I think it's just the same. So you can. Uh, there'll be games like that that we'll win, um, and um, you know, and we'll, we'll we'll hit a run where the confidence will flow and the players will. Spark and then they'd all be playing with confidence, and you'll be watching like the Villa game last season or the Derby game. I don't doubt that for a minute. Um, but I think you know fundamentally um, that that just puts us back in tenth position at the end of the season. People were expecting more than that. Um, some people a lot more than that, and um, and I don't really see there will be much more than that. That's that, that's all. It's no, I'm, I'm not in any great sort of panic or anything, but that's my sort of feeling. Nick. 
I'm pleased we're getting our bad run out of the season at the beginning rather than sort of January January through February, which is, as normally happens with us. Um, other point is that, of course, people this time last year, Newcastle fans were getting really worried, were slitting their throats, were jumping off the top of the Time Bridge, what have you, because Newcastle played two games and got zero points from it. Look what happened to Newcastle last season. Come on, let's be realistic. So we're going to go up as champions is the, um, <laughs> is the upshot of all that. We got, we're obviously going to talk more um, about the the, 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 where we go from here um, we, we'll talk about that after the, after the stadium chat um, but we've also got a couple of big games coming up uh, Ipswich Town at the weekend on Saturday we've also got a little trip a little bit nearer to Queen's Park Rangers in the um, second round I'm going to call it the League Cup because I, I you know he's, got, he's had so many guises I'm not, I'm not going to endorse uh, it. Yeah, it's um, it's a little bit embarrassing just to say it, let alone drink it. Unless it's got vodka in it, probably. So um, yeah, after this twang, we're going to come back and we're going to be talking about new stadium. The new stadium, it's the biggest topic on anyone's lips at the moment. It's um, well, it's contentious. It's it's emotive. It's personal. We've said we've said all these things. You know, Griffin Park means so much to us all. Uh, as I said earlier, leaving Griffin Park, none of us would want to do that if we had a magic wand. We haven't got one. We've got What we have got is someone who's put an awful lot of money into our football club, who's got premiership ambitions, and to match those premiership ambitions, you need a stadium that the premiership will allow football to be played on. It's not going to happen at Griffin Park um, for, 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 all, for all that we want it to happen or for all we want the possibility of it happening. It's just, it's just not going to happen. So we have been we've been briefed on a, amendments to the the stadium design. There's going to be reduced capacity down from what we thought was going to be a twenty thousand seater stadium to seventeen thousand two hundred and fifty. Um, these are just bullet points in no particular order. Um, the stadium itself is going to the, the the build the build start if all goes to plan will be the beginning of 2018 with um, a late 2019 early 2020 opening um, there's 3,000 premier seats going to be around the halfway line which um, has come as a bit of a surprise to a fair amount of people there's been no no costs or no no seats um, seat, seat costs put on that so we don't know how much it's going to be extra than, than sort of sitting in your seats currently. There's a provision for safe standing which is 1200 um, you know we're, we're as, a, as a fanzine it's something that's close to our hearts um, when and if that legislation is, is changed that allows safe standing we'd be hoping for a lot more. Um, the future expansion of the stadium you know obviously we're, we're looking at a reduction um, and one of the first questions we asked was if all goes to plan and we are successful in the top flight or we're successful in the second tier, the crowds, are, you know, there's a demand for, for seats. How easy is it going to be for, for, the, you know, for the revised plans to be upgraded? Um, you know, that, that was touched upon briefly. You said it's possible, but is it really? Um, the news was released yesterday in, in two phases. It, the, the club announced it as a press release that went out at 2 o'clock. Then Cliff Crown put his own um, statement, which gave a little bit, little more meat to the bone, out in the programme, and it went online um, about seven o'clock last night. Uh, the fans, from what I've 
the, the fans I've spoken to, um, and obviously I've studied the you know the, the Griffin Park grapevine and looked at the comments that have been put on the, the threads that have been on Besotted, most fans, it would seem, aren't up in arms about this. There, there are concerns. There are concerns mainly that for the last... Well, ten years, the last twenty years, we've we've been told, and we all agreed that Griff, you know Griffin Park had outlived its its its, its, its use. Um, we needed a modern stadium that allowed us additional revenue streams. A stadium that could be used seven days a week if if needed. Um, was was able to be used as conferencing and banqueting and all these all these extra bits that you see at football, other football grounds up and down the country. That it was apparently critical that we had uh, the new development um, the new, new proposals do away with that um, they're, 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 there isn't there isn't any any real provision for additional revenue stream there's, there's not there's not a club shop there's no bar uh, there's there's no uh, club offices at the, at the stadium. Um, none of none of none of the locations of these have, have been disclo- disclosed as yet. And the, um, the the community trust, which you know the the, the stadium is, is named after, isn't now going to be housed in the stadium. It's going to be housed right next door, you know, albeit right next door. So there are some fundamental changes to the to the scale and scope of this. Um, and the analogy, I mean, I've, I've I've thought long and hard about this personally, and I've, as I said, and I keep saying, this is all a very personal. Um, uh, your, your opinion on this is is, is 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 valid as much as mine, or as much as Matt's, or Dutch's, or Marks, or the Liberals. You know, we as individuals, our expectations of where Griffin Park was, how Griffin Park was going to be replaced. It, you know, it, 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 we we thought and dreaded it for for a long time. And the best analogy I can get, I can think of at the moment, um, when you compare the old design to the new design is when you put an order in for an Audi A6 and you get an Audi A4. Um, it's still a new, still a new, new, still a new car, but it's it's not as big and it's not as impressive and it's and it's you know it's not quite as it's not quite as fancy. It's going to last you a few years, but would you know? Can you can you extend it? No, you can't really. You're gonna have, you're gonna have to get a new one. So. You know, I'm I'm a little bit personally slightly underwhelmed by the new design. Um, I I looked at the old pictures and I thought, yeah, I, I can see I can see us there. I, I, that's 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 quirky. That's good. I, I like it. I'll have a bit of that. Now, I'm not I'm not griping. It's overly. I'm, but it's not it's not quite what I was expecting. And I think a lot of people are going to need just a little bit of time to kind of come to terms with it and then work out what's most important um but there's is a huge amount to be taken on board here um you know the long-term sustainability of our football club is paramount to all of this um you know the the extra revenue streams we 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 all believed were were key to that so you know it, we we weren't we weren't um at the we weren't at the mercy of one owner we weren't at the most mercy of um a particular season or squad or necessarily players you know the the the, the stadium would give us everything we need it doesn't look like it's going to do that mark I'm going to come to you first. Yeah. What have you made of the last 24 hours and how do you see the, the next phase of this development going? 
Yeah, it's certainly been an interesting 24 hours, but probably an interesting week, certainly since the sort of people speculating but finally getting the announcement, all important announcement. There's nothing worse than speculation. But going back to your question, Dave, yeah, um, we've seen the intent of what Brentford's looking at, downsizing. I'm looking forward to going to the uh, uh, presentation that uh, the... Uh, developers and the guys are going to put forward to next week at the council. They seem to have reserved two large suites at Hounslow uh, Borough Council, so I don't know what sort of attendance they're anticipating. I hope it's not a reduced attendance like they're planning for the ground, but we'll see. Uh, I'm sure there'll be interested parties like myself and many others who'll be turning up, buyers, I'm sure some of the Bizotti guys will be there. Um, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see what presentation they're making. So what's likely to happen at the meeting? These types of meetings are very informal. Um, there's, it's usually not recorded. There's no minutes or anything like that. The developer is looking at feeling out the planning committee. The councillors themselves are the ones who actually pass planning decision or uh, planning permission or grant it. Um, so it's usually like a precursor, a preemptive move to suss out their feelings on their proposals. Basically, is it worth putting in a planning application? Will it be refused out of hand? Why waste all that money? You might as well have a presentation at your own expense, take a bit of the councillor's time and go from there. One of the, one of the bones of contention slightly, more than, more than pretty much anything else, I think um, is the fact that the fans weren't consulted. Um, it's, this seems to be like, a, you know, this, this is what's happening and there's, there's, that's, that's it, really. You know, um, you know I think... Uh, Bias put out a, a really interesting and, uh, announcement yesterday. Uh, Grapevine have done the same today. Besides, done the same today. It outlines all our personal views on on this. And each, as I said, each of us are going to have slightly differing um, views and opinions on on the overall impact of the amendments to the stadium. Matt, do you do you feel that the the biggest kind of surprise is the fact that we had something? We had a vision of what it might be. Is that, is that sort of working against us? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, <clears throat> I think probably to some extent the club's advantage, that vision is from quite a few years ago now. And, um, and everything that's progressed, I would say, far slower than was expected, probably automatically people have sort of downgraded their expectations without realising it. They just want to get this thing going. Um, so... Um, you know, maybe the club of sort of you, you talked about the reaction and the fact that there isn't an outcry, um, and maybe that's the reason for that. Because uh, I'm surprised. I, I, you know, when you talked about it earlier about the original uh, meeting and and that sort of euphoria when when everything got planned. Yet, I must admit, I've I, I've become is it tired of the process or I'm. I'm sort of, you know, and I haven't even, we haven't put hardly any bricks down yet. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe to some extent that's why there is a little bit of apathy towards it. So question, the same question to both Nick and to, to the Dutchman. I'm going to play a slightly devil's advocate hand here. How can you build a new stadium in 2017 that hasn't got a club shop, hasn't got a bar, hasn't got club offices and has only got 17,250 seats. A lot of people are, are saying that. Is, are they right to be making that? Are they right to question that? Or, or are they unrealistic? What, what do you make of what was unveiled yesterday? I think the consultation bit is the interesting bit, isn't it? And your A4, A6 analogy 
to use that one again and eat that one out slightly longer. It depends what car you had to start with, doesn't it? And if you were just offered the A4, you'd probably be quite happy with an A4, but it's the promise of the A6 that's done you. Um, you know, the, the new stadium in its own right would still look pretty impressive to all of us who wanted a, a stadium in Brentford. I mean, I think you know, there, there is a price for staying in Brentford and not being at Woking or Western International or anywhere else. And you know, that, that is land, restriction of land and cost of buying and developing on that land. So we, we, we are where we are. And I think there's still a lot of unanswered questions. I, I agree. The issue is it's kind of been presented to us after the event as a fait accompli rather than, you know, let's have these discussions and get our questions out there, get them answered and then make that decision. But ultimately, I suppose it's Matthew's club and he can you know, do, do as he wishes. I think you've got to go through the bits individually and see what you want from a new stadium. And again, we all have different views on what, what we want from it, and then you'd have to argue whether any of these, um, what seem to be you know, relatively small amendments, um, other than the kind of the headlines around capacity and <coughs> back of bar, whether they matter to you. you know, does it matter whether the pub's inside the ground or outside? Does it matter if the club shots pop ups or permanent structure that's a bit of a vanity symbol and doesn't make any money? You know, does it matter if we don't fill a 17,000 stadium? Why would we fill a 20,000 type? type question I, mean, I want the stadium to look good I want the stadium to feel good I want it to have a good atmosphere I want it to have decent <coughs> facilities but you know we're going there to watch football and to get behind the team and uh, you know you, you've got to ask what it is that you want we've been to so many soulless grounds you know for me this was about being different we, we thought that we had an opportunity here to get something quite different quite unique quite Brentford you know quite special and I guess my personal fear at the moment is are we going to lose that and go a little bit more soulless and identical and Hopefully the discussions that we're going to have and everyone's going to have over the next few weeks and months will give us some answers to that because some of these fears may be unfounded, some of them may be genuine. Nick, what have you liked and what have you not liked about the last 24 hours? Uh, I share some of, some of the concerns of, that the guys around the table have, have, have already voiced. I mean, for me, a new stadium needs two things, one of which it needs to be innovative. Um, and I'm the, the one thing that does concern me is that we're only talking about having 1,100 safe standing. Uh, two and a half thousand people currently stand on the Ealing Road. I think Brentford should be uh, leading the way. Um, I know Shrewsbury at this very minute are crowdfunding to actually change their stadium, uh, which is fairly new, into having safe standing. But I think Brentford ought to be leading the way in building a brand new stadium with safe standing in it. 1,100 is not enough. Um, I would ask the club to, to look at that again. Uh, second point that concerns me is corporate. Um, I absolutely understand the need to provide corporate facilities. This corporate that they talk about in terms of premium, is it loyal bees fans who can afford to pay a bit more in seats and might get a few prawn sandwiches thrown in in a rather more comfortable environment than the hive uh, as currently exists or will it be appealing to say some of the businesses along the uh, M4 corridor along the great, 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 great West Road who may not be that interested in, in, in what the game is and as happens at Arsenal and happens at Wembley Turn up for fifteen minutes and turn up for uh, turn up fifteen minutes late and leave fifteen minutes early. Go on, Dave. I, the, there's something that ju- I just jumped out from what I remember from last Wednesday. There's, there's I, I don't think I read it earlier on in Cliff's announcement. From what I remember, there's only going to be six executive boxes. So six. six. So you know, 
again, I, I can't actually remember what what originally was 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 proposed there. But you know, six does six seem a, a lot or a lot? not a lot? Six, six six seems very low to me actually, because I mean, if you if you there, there are the, the number of businesses that are established along the Great Rest Road and that the M4 corridor, I reckon you could probably attract a few. In. Two other points: I'm not concerned about seventeen and a half thousand. Let's be realistic about this. Brentford very, very rarely sell out of Griffin Park now. Uh, we don't want to go into a situation where we've got bigger away f- fans who will drown out the, the, the voices of the home crowd because, as we've discussed around this table, with the atmosphere that the home fans are providing at the moment isn't necessarily always the best. And the other thing that I'm, I'm keen on seeing is that this is Matthew Benham's project. Matthew Benham is the funder and founder and of, of this idea he is the man that we rely on if we want too much if we ask for too much there is a danger that Matthew is going to say well you know I've got better things to do in my life I've got better things to do in my money we have got to be careful what we wish for I go on regularly on this podcast about you know other clubs within the championship being taken over by foreign owners and what has happened there and the lack of supporter involvement etc Matthew Benham is one of our own and I think this is another case and some people may call me naive some people may think that I'm a bit of a dreamer but I think that we have to say Matthew you know is enough is a sensible enough businessman to understand where this is going um, and I'm I am pretty confident that what will get delivered is a stadium that will be fit for Brentford Football Club whether it be in the championship or God forbid and we can discuss this later the premiership Matt, how how um, how much of an impact has not releasing any visuals had on this at the moment? And also, you know, does the reduction in the capacity fundamentally affect? You know, does it? Does it? How, how do you feel about it? Um, I'm more concerned about any redesign than the. the I, I, I agree with Nick in terms of the of the capacity. I do have my. I have massive concerns about this three thousand. I don't understand quite what that means, and I don't understand what the market is for that. Is like somebody else said. Is that Brentford fans who can afford a bit more, or is that the equivalent to corporate boxes, but actually seats that might end up being half empty towards the end of the season because you know nobody wants to go or whatever because the club is struggling you know and all of that sort of stuff I and and I worry that that's going to create these sort of this weird area a bit like Wembley that's also been mentioned where all these people go off and don't come back or do come back or whatever um so that kind of you know so that's that worries me but 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 really I, I do agree it's the I don't know what this new stadium looks like does it look like it did does the uh, does it have enclosed I mean it used to have two enclosed corners and two open corners or something from what I remember does it still look like that it does. I, it does. Yeah. I've seen. Literally, we saw uh, an, ink, an, ink, an inkjet flip yeah. flip presentation of it for a very short period of time. We looked at it. It did look. It to me personally, it looked. Um, uh, didn't look as impressive. I, I'll be really honest. It, I, I came away thinking mm, that's not quite. That's not what quite I was excited about. Single tier. Single 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 tier. 
all the way around. I can't remember if it was still double or triple tier in the in the big main stand. I I, I need to see the visuals again. But literally, you know, I, I, the meeting was an hour long. It stretched to two because we were just pushing them on certain issues, um, mainly about um, Matthew Benham's intentions long term. Um, in, but they they were they were absolutely adamant that Matthew Benham is not. Not even the thinking of going anywhere. He the the, the hundred million. Let's call it a hundred million. Um, he's not looking to to get that back at, back anytime soon, if if ever. Um, so you know they made some really big assurances to us about Matthew Benham's um, uh, ambitions for the club. It's all about Premiership f- for him at the moment. And and I think you can you can almost see that because there's a change of tact here, isn't there? Is that originally we were talking about this 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 community stadium that was that was for the community it was going to offer these facilities or whatever now what we're hearing is this is a club that is fit for the Premier League or sorry a ground and that seems to be a, 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 a subtle I don't know it is subtle but a change of tact that I don't know if that will get picked up on, but but this is this, this this seems to be we're not leaving Griffin Park because we're trying to create this nice community space or whatever. Um, we're leaving Griffin Park because if we're going to play in the Premier League, we need certain facilities and we won't have them at Griffin Park. All of us around the country travel to the away games that the Bees plays, um, and we've all probably got our favourite new stadiums of that. I mean, for me, I really like the New York Stadium at Rotherham. I think that's a you know a good one, and actually that isn't very big, uh, but the beauty of it to me is the way that they've um, levelled the, the the roof levels. It goes up and down. It actually looks quite quite nice, and w- when you come across it, and that on does create a bit of atmosphere, or certainly it feels like it when you're in. Others may have different views. No, I was going to ask. I mean, I agree that was a good stadium. But if you ask me, was there a bar there? Was there a pub there? Was there a club shop there? I couldn't tell you. And I think that's the point, isn't it? If this is aesthetically pleasing, if it looks good, if it's a nice ground, yeah, we all think it's a good ground. We like Rotherham because it felt good, it looked good, there was a good atmosphere in there, you know. And a lot of this other stuff is kind of frivolity around the edges. Yeah, I think it's quite hard to put your finger on what exactly makes it something good in terms of a football stadium. I think, I think, you know, again, I think we need to be a bit, a bit of a realist here. Building a stadium in Rotherham is very different to building a stadium in Brentford. I mean, Rotherham—they've actually got the old stadium still there. They can't even give land away there. No, I think no, Dave. I think you're being slightly unfair there. I mean, because you know, you can, you can, you can plonk a stadium anywhere. I mean, yeah, of course there are constrictions, and Mark will will want to come on to this about the constrictions on the site, constrictions on playing. But but basically, you can build a stadium anywhere that you like. It, it it's just constrained by what the site is. The point Dutch was making, and I would argue, is that actually we we have fun on our away days because we go and find new pubs, we go and find possible. You know, some people actually enjoy going and sampling the delights of the town and finding new independent shops. You know, in the ta- in in the away days that we do, we we tend to congregate in the pubs, and I don't think that's going to be that much different in a new stadium. We'll, we may finding new places to drink. We may be finding the old places to drink. Mark. And I hear what Nick's saying on that one as well. I, I go to the majority of the away days, as you well know, but you have to look at where the stadium's being built. It was touched on earlier that the sites that were not agreed or not acceptable, Western International, I think, fell on their parks. I might have been mentioned once, I can't remember. But where the stadium's being built... And Woking. Woking. No to Woking. How could I forget Woking? Bless, I'm sure people will uh, shiver on that one. But it's prime West London land, and... The fact that you build a stadium somewhere where there hasn't been one before, 
surely that alone may attract new people to that stadium as well. Just the fact that you're offering something different that wasn't there before. And let's face it, I think all that was there before was an old scrapyard, other bits, brownfield, if that. But it was a pretty nasty piece of land that was ripe for redevelopment. Um, whether you put housing on it, that's part of the proposal, yes, fine. But I think you want to attract people by putting that stadium there. So where I'm leading on this is that how bad is reduced capacity, to be honest? It's a commercial issue rather than a planning issue. If you're going to have a football stadium there, you need to be able to make that work financially. And they've t- the guys have already touched on it. Matthew Benham has, has, has made, put us where we are through his financial backing. I'm sure he doesn't want to keep a bottomless pit of money going into this. Part of the original 2013 application, some of the lovely paperwork that I've got here on the table. There's a lot of paperwork. There's a lot of paperwork. Alluded to the fact that they said Griffin Park was losing something like £5 million a year while we were based there at that time of the application. I don't know what it is now. Uh, Dutch touched on that earlier. It'd be good to see what are we losing now if we are. Let's not assume too much without seeing the paperwork. To compared to what would we gain or lose out of 17 to 50 or 20,000 and that's on filling it but we haven't mentioned rugby yet and the other possibilities and commercial aspects that could make that ground work if it is all about revenue but Matthew also has a very good point it's not just the brutal commercial side of it it's the social side of what by definition, that community stadium is there for the community. And there's some things that are very hard to value commercially, but can have a massive impact commercially. And such things as a club shop, the, the figurehead, the, the, the image of it, and what may draw new people, let alone the existing season holders, to that new stadium. I think that's one of the questions, isn't it? I mean, it's a community stadium. We've got planning permission through because of you know, the community side of it. Yeah. By doing these changes, what, what are we losing? And we need to know what, what are we now going to fail to provide as a community offering, and that should be part of a discussion. I mean, if facilities are still being provided, but they're being provided 20 yards outside the, the boundary of the stadium rather than inside, then to me that's a no-brainer and you know, that's not an issue at all. Is, is there something that's being lost from our original commitment to, to being a community stadium by these changes? And I don't know the answers to that, but that, I think, is a valid question and should have some impact and you know, possibly would have an impact on the whole planning process if it was deemed that we're going away from the original intentions. So there's, there's two ways, of look, two, there's two concerns here. Obviously, the, the in, in, impact on what we deliver for the community and obviously what the club now delivers to its fans, us. You know, it's, it's for the club and, and the council to, and, the, and, the, and the, the trust to discuss the first part of that, you know, what what concerns us on a on a match day is is very different. It's, it's slightly different to that. Obviously, as fans, we want that wanted to comply. We wanted to contribute. We wanted to be the centre of of the community, and we wanted to, to provide the best facilities for for the for the for the students and the and the and everyone that wants to use the, the ground. We want we want to be proud of our club and proud of our trust. What to continue its brilliant work for the last thirty years on a match day. The saving grace will always be that it is in the heart of Brentford still. You know, if you don't want to go and have a drink at the stadium, there's a million pubs where you can go and have a drink. It's not, you're not, you know, I, I went to the Oxford Friendly um, and, and I, was, I, I, I was forced to go and have a, a pint of beer in a bowling alley because it was the only place that was next to the, next to the, it was an out of, an out of site, an out of town site. It's, it's been the same at Wickham, you walk for miles. It's the same as Reading, Colchester. Colchester. Shrewsbury, 
the Amex itself, yeah, to the, you know, and, and even Huddersfield as well, you, 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 you traipse in. So, and Bolton, you know, you, you, you wouldn't necessarily choose to drink at any of those stadiums because, you know, you, if, if, that's what, if that's what you're into, that's what you're into. You, you, you will be able to have a drink on the concourse, but there won't be a, a, a Stripes or a Hive or, 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 or something like that. But there's... There's one over the eight. There's the Express Tavern. There's O'Riordan's. There's there, there'll be other there'll be other pubs. I was uh, fortunate enough to be invited to one of the uh, focus groups back in the day uh, a few years ago when um, uh, they were obviously proposing what shall we do with the stadium as you know we knew we got the planning permission by then. And one of the things that was mentioned at the focus group was quite clear a central focal point. In, call it a front forecourt area, like a garage forecourt, but something like the Hive, like, like we enjoy when we come straight in through the turnstile, but obviously much more updated, a little bit of family-friendly area, stuff like that. I'd love to see what's said next week about that as well. If all this is being removed, I mean, the, the vision there was quite clever. I didn't think that was a lot of money or really difficult to achieve, but it was a really good idea. Bring that community right. spirit in there and enjoy it as you're coming to it, but it would make you stay at the ground. Commercial reason, spend some money. No, so, so, so was the idea that as you went into the ground, through the turnstiles or prior um, to the Good point. Um, I, I, that subject to looking at plans, and admittedly I've not looked at that, but certainly an area that would, not quite Wembley Way in the old Wembley Way days, but some sort of concourse area that could be the focal point where you would want to come in pre-match to have a few beers and then possibly stay afterwards because the space and zone is available given... There are a lot of pubs in Brentford, admittedly, so that would be the competition they have to compete with. Maybe that's one of the factors why they've chose to do this. It could be a valid point. I, I love the fact that, um, as much as football, we're, we're really concerned about beer <laughs> and, and all of this. So, you know, it's all about getting your priorities right. So we'll... Pre, pre and post-match, though. Interesting what was done there, because if you look at Brighton, of course, what happens there is that they put in lots of bars for, to encourage fans to stay, well, to arrive early and to stay late because the transport access into Brighton, the public transport access into Brighton is pretty appalling and there's no car parking on site, which will be exactly the same at our new stadium. So what will be interesting is, do, do fans hang around after games to drink at uh, football? In our experience, we're normally go, heading off for the train. There are very few people, despite Brighton laying on... Um, sofas and sky television so you can watch the late kickoff, blah blah blah. You know, actually, most people want to head out the stadium as fast as possible. Are football fans different to rugby supporters? Mark might know. Um, I must admit, I'm not the biggest <laughs> rugby fan, and the Liberals dropped me right in there, but I do only live a mile or two from Twickenham Stadium, so I'm well aware of the the, the fantastic sport rugby, rugby fans give that particular ground. and uh, one aspect of, and going back to the, the planning and the stadium side again, one aspect of the original planning was that sometime in the future rugby would have been involved to help with that particular community stadium and also the commercial side of it to you know, assist with some sort of revenue without a doubt. In years by, at the time it's transpired, it's going to be London Irish. And uh, something I think we haven't considered is that they're going to bring fans and people to the stadium to make it more useful than just 23 uh, league games and some cup games every other week. Um, it'd be interesting to see the impact of that if the stadium does get built and done, which I'm sure it will. But I, I'm, 
I'm keen to see where London Irish will take their fan base. I believe it's around 7,000 people at the moment. But would they sell this corporate side um, more as a rugby point of view? I'm sure they do um, from a rugby point of view at Twickenham. I'm sure other uh, rugby fans will comment on that and people have better knowledge of rugby than me. Uh, and go to the games more. Sorry, as far as you understand, rugby hasn't been dropped from this because I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to think yeah. back yesterday to the. Uh, yes. You know, was rugby mentioned or has it been skipped over? Um, it, I haven't seen it mentioned, Dave. I think that's more the case. People have commented quite rightly on the football and how it affects Brentford FC, but to me, looking at some of, uh, there was a, a planning uh, amendment put in, a request for amendment of a condition 7.1, I believe. This is how sad reading this paperwork, but uh, to uh, remove the. A prohibition on rugby matches being played there, which I believe they've got lifted prior, subject to a legal agreement, which you would expect, and no doubt that would be some sort of contract with um, London Irish um, when they move in so they can draw the terms of it and allow rugby to be played there, mainly for the reason of neighbours, nuisance and noise, because obviously another 20 matches a year um, of any type of sport no doubt will have an impact on the local area. I, you know, rugby supporters can be as bad as football supporters or as good as football supporters and what really winds me up is people think that rugby supporters are better than football supporters but don't let's go, don't go down that tangent but the other important thing uh, though to note is that you've got to have a stadium like this used more regularly there'll be lots of Bees fans out there who'll say why on earth are we sharing why on earth are we going to give another sport access to our, 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 our stadium well A I don't think we need to, you know, we're not going to have the worries that we had when London Broncos or Fulham Rugby League team played at Griffin Park with the uh, mesh, mashing up of the pitch. I mean, because pitch technology and um, grass technology has just improved beyond. Informer! <laughs> I, I leave it to others who may be better informed as to the state of grass in this country at the moment to comment on that. Um, but uh, and you've now totally blown my mind today. I'll you know. blow your mind, baby. I'll blow your mind. Um, just out, just just out with the rugby. I mean, is there is there an agreement on the? I mean, I, I, I'm, am I thinking too much into this? But on the sort of the branding share in the stadium, is it is it a Brentford branded stadium? Is it a is it, uh, is it a joint branded? I mean, I, I, I know I've probably gone off tack in terms of, in terms of, um, of, of, the, of, of, of the recent news, but I just... Well, I, rec- I reckon that's why our race trip is green this season. <laughs> <laughs> I've also said, I don't think Matt has gone off tangent. This all goes back to the commercial side of it and what do you do with the stadium? If they put a proposal to, say, Matthew and, and the stadium guys, say, we'll pay X for that, he may consider it and take it if you could put another board up there and do something like that. So it's not as silly as a uh, request it may be. At the end of the day, if you're going to pay 23 home games there, football, I think London Irish are proposing something like 20 rugby games a season there. Let's say we have a cup run, they have a bit of a cup run. Top whack, 55 games. What do you do for the other 300 odd days of the stadium? I, at this point, we are going to carry on with this because there's, there's a lot of, lot of interesting points still, to, you know, um, issues to, to still discuss. But as you, can, as you can ascertain for yourselves, the announcement and this, all of this, it, it raises more questions than it provides answers. Um, and with that in mind, the minute, the minute we came out of the, um, the presentation last week with Cliff and Nitty, uh, we spoke to Bias, we spoke to Bees United, we spoke to uh, the Griffin Park Grapevine, and we, we just said, look, you know, I don't know what you guys think of all of this, but what, I think, well, you know, what we think is really critical is that we allow 
all Brentford fans to, to have their input. Um, the club didn't do that in, in, in the build-up to this, but what we've, what we've done is we, we've, um, we've arranged a fans forum. Um, the fans forum is going to take place um, on Saturday the 26th of August. Um, it's going to be between 12.30 and 2pm, most probably. Um, and the, uh, the, exact, the exact location, where it's going to be down Lakewood Road. It's, um, it's the, uh, is it St Mary's Church? or is it, is it, is it, is it St, Paul's, St Paul's Church down Lakewood Road. So it's very close to Griffin Park. Um, as I said, you know, look, look, at, look, at, look on the Grapevine, look at the Bias website, look on the BU website, check out Besotted. It's going to be really pushed on there. We're going to allow as many people as fits in the hall to come. Um, Cliff Crown and Nitty Raj from the football club are going to be there. Um, there's a chance that others may be there too, but they're the two that have committed to this. So before the Wolves game, in, in a couple of weeks' time, the fans forum will allow all of you to come along and just ask questions because you know, it's, it's, as you can see it's, it's, it's a massively complicated issue. It's people that have been working on this day in day out for five, six, seven years. You know, For fans to then pick up the baton and kind of get an intimate understanding like a, or, or an intimate you know understanding or it's nigh on impossible so there's a lot of questions that need to be asked and we will host this we're going to host this forum and hopefully at least you're going to be able to get a chance to ask some questions yeah uh, that, that's a very good point Dave and like you say from the start of this the fans seem not to have been consulted at all but they have eventually sort of bowed down to hopefully giving you an open forum on that my personal view on this I would love to see a new stadium I'd love to see Brentford be playing at a new stadium as well but admittedly a little bit of input from the fans would be welcome as well it's um I mean just the consultation thing with the fans we've seen it with the badge we've seen it with the ground um it does seem that this is the way we're going now um I don't know if it's too late to sort of pull any of this back in terms of you know, next time there's something that because fans do care about these sort of things. Um, if there if there can be more consultation, but that's that's something that you know we we are all gonna gonna push for. You know, this is all very new news to us. You know, we, again, we've not even seen the visuals again out in the out in the public domain. Seen them very very briefly, and you know, I've told you what my you know my immediate reactions were to that. I need to look at them again, and even then, until you actually stood or sat in the stadium, and you you know, they're they're only they're they're only artist impressions. They're only like they're only computer-generated images. So unless you sat there and you're looking around, even the original ones, you might have. Once you were there, you might have thought, "Oh God, this isn't big," or "This is massive." I don't. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know. You, you don't, until you're there, you don't know how big it is. So, <laughs> all right, Nick. All right, Nick. So, um, obviously, I know. I thought I was a deviant one. Oh, unbelievable! Such such childish behaviour from the liberal over there. Go and stand in the corner. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, as I said, so you know, it raises more questions than it answers. Oh, you lost me now. <laughs> no, it promotes some very good debate, Dave. That's what it does, and I look forward to seeing it. I look forward to seeing the presentation next week by uh, what they're proposing with these material amendments or non-material amendments. We'll soon find out what the planning committee view on that is. But let's see where we go from that. Again, an open mind can always be helpful. We've touched on it here before where there could be some positives, some negatives, but we don't want to be... We, we've got to know our place. We don't want to be outrageous with the expectations as well. Mm -hmm. But I believe the Brentford guys who've disseminated this information, it does seem quite a bit of lack of involvement of, uh, 
by with the fans and consultation with them. Bias's statement probably summed it up quite well. Yeah, no, they did. They did very well with that. It's a couple of other issues before we wrap this bit up because you know this is something obviously is going to go on and on for the next few years. Um, sorting out Brentford fans, make, making attending the new stadium affordable. Twenties um, plenty, thirties. You know, whatever you want to call it, you know, what is the right price point for all of this? How much are these premium seats going to cost? Um, the actual, you know, are we able to buy three, four, five year season tickets in the new stadium, and and or you know, is, are they going to like discount it? How are they going to incentivise? How are they going to encourage the, the the current Griffin Parkers to go there? Or are are they are they at risk of alienating some fans over this? Do you think? Uh, yes, but partly, and uh, the, the the other danger is that when is this going to get built? At the moment, that we you know, it was originally the stadium was going to open in 2018. I think it was this season, wasn't it? With the very early plans and thoughts about Lionel Road or new stadium, we were going to be opening this season. We would have been in it, and now, I mean, I hope that I'm alive to see this open. No comment. Yeah, I hope Nick's alive in 2020 as well because he's, <laughs> he's only a young lad. Um, it will, of course, it'll alienate some people in terms of people. We've already had some people come out and say that they're not going to go to the new stadium, which is just ridiculous. Um, you know, but it, it's change, change for all of us, and, and a positive change, isn't it? And all we're trying to do is is be um, you know get involved in the consultations and make it the best possible ground for us. I mean, one of the questions I was going to ask for for you, Dave, was you know, are we aware of what sort of level of consultation other clubs have with their fans over such things? Because it, it seems to me sometimes that we're a little bit spot with consultation. I mean, it's got a bit off the boil on these last two things, as you mentioned, but you know, do, do other clubs have that level of consultation? Are we trying to kind of hold on? I think it comes back to that. We're growing from a smaller club into a bigger club kind of mentality, and it's part of that change. And to date, we've managed to really keep those relationships going with the club and the conversations and you know, all, all the positive kind of behaviour from you know, the, the fans groups and Bias and Besotted and, and BU etc etc and I think that, that lends itself to that sort of ongoing conversations but yeah, a question for you if you know the answer I mean, are we unique in having that and are we perhaps unrealistic in, in expecting that I, I can't answer that if I'm honest with you. You know, um, I, I I would imagine that um, if there's a if there's a supporters trust uh, and, they, and they've got board they've got board presence, which we've got at, at Brentford, then they probably would have been privy to a lot more information than anyone that's not on the board. I, I think that kind of goes without saying, really. Um, that that does put. Um, BG United in, in, in a slightly difficult situation, and I, you know, without them being here and without them, you know, without them sort of being able to answer that, I, I, I don't know. I don't know whether they were being completely cut out of this. I doubt it because um, you know Brian Burgess was ex, you know, he's been an ex-chair of BG United, and he's obviously heavily involved in the, you know, the, the, the stadium company. Um, and there's, we, you know, there's two BU, there's, I think it's two, there might be three BU members on, 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 the, on the Brentford board. So, you know, but then, you know, it's, it's very, very, very sort of delicate negotiations. Yeah, you know, there's, there's a lot of this stuff. There's so, so you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's not, it's no secret to say that there's a lot of, a lot of stuff is very, very confidential and very, very delicate. And we, we can't, we can't even go there. There is indeed, there's a lot of, almost no doubt, a lot of commercial interest here because to facilitate the hotel, um, uh, the blocks of flats, the no doubt leasehold interests, housing association possibilities. You're absolutely right, Dave. You know, there's, there's details here to be worked out with people and what, what how it's going to work going forward. Um, I, I'll bring again, I, I, I'm going to do a liberal nick here, I'll look at the positives. 
the club's been on a trajectory forward and upwards on the pitch and there's absolutely no reason that can't run in tandem with, with the new stadium and moving forward yeah. with it. Well, it's something I'm looking you know, it's something I personally like as a fan. But, but this is yeah. I mean but, yeah. but fundamentally this is all gearing up to premiership football, yeah. it would and seem. That, yeah. I, I think that's yeah. my point, is it needs to because yeah. because the considerations that some other clubs have had previously for for extra revenue income because this is remember this is what football was all about five ten years ago we ever heard about you've got to build this stadium you've got to have it it's got to be open 24 7 there's got to be all this revenue income has that's gone away as the money the tv money's got bigger we know it's massive in the premier league it's probably big enough in the championship for us to maybe survive without 24 7 revenue income you drop down another league you don't have revenue income from your stadium i i you know you I will butt in there and say, it, from what I hear, the championship TV deal is about to literally go through the roof because I think, I think Sky, BT, they realise what a brilliant competitive division this is. And, I, and, and it, it, you know, what, what, we, what we actually get from TV revenue could possibly be double, treble, quadrupled. And then again, once again, that changes the whole business dynamic. And, 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 and maybe we are ahead of the game but, but, but by, by saying, you know what, Let's base it on that, but it just Great. it you know we're Brentford supporters. We 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 we're, we're always a little bit worried, and um, and you just think you know is it how sustainable is it if things didn't quite work out as we're as we're hoping they will. But then we've got <clears throat> then you've got to talk about having reduced ticket prices so that younger people can afford to go to football because if you look around our ground, it is an aging demographic at the moment, and two is you've got to have safe standing in the ground. Those two things really important. Yeah, Dutch. I think, well, I think that's all right, isn't it? That's exactly what we're saying. We've got to try and get as much good things out of the new ground going forward. I and mean, the, the money, uh, as Matt just alluded to, the money in the Premiership, you, you don't need any income from audiences, not, not a, a capacity of 15, 17 or 20,000, that's for sure. It's, it just powers into insignificance in terms of getting 150 million quid from TV money when your total turnover at the moment is whatever it is, 10, 13 million quid a year. So absolutely transform it. And whether you take two or three off the capacity doesn't mean anything. So this is about looking after the fan base that you've got making sure they get the right experience. I agree, absolutely. Safe standing for me is a massive, massive plus. If I can stand with my mates in the environment that I'm used to standing with, that means more to me than whether the club shop's 10 yards inside or outside the, the, the perimeter of the ground. Um, and also, again, once again, a bit a bit of a devil's advocate here. You know, the, the club... The club, the club are at the cutting edge of, of football um, football club management in 2017. You know the way they they scout and recruit players, um, the the fact that they did away with their academy. They 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 were they were hauled over the coals for a short period of time, and now it looks like it's you know it was the right decision for them to be scaling for them to be scaling back on 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 you know the the, the, the necessity to, to 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 rely on you know. Parts of a business that they're not experts in is is may, maybe it's maybe it is the way to go. May, maybe maybe we are making right decisions. I, I don't know. We maybe we're making stinky bad ones too. Um, I don't. I, but we we. It, it, it fundamentally depends where we're playing football in three years' time. What league we're in. Um, if you've got the confidence that we're going to be playing where we are now or higher, then I guess this works. And I think it is because, well, let's remember, Matthew Benham's a risk specialist, so it's uh, he's gambled well so far, I believe. Let's hope this one goes his way as well. I believe it will. 
just about enough. I've done my maths right. If you lose two and a half thousand people off that seventeen and a half up to twenty thousand difference, and you charge thirty pound a game, and you've got twenty three games a season, that's about one point eight million pound a year you'd be losing. Yeah, one point eight million a year. We're only going to exceed seventeen thousand if we get in the Premier. So as far as I can see it, you know, the only way that we would have lost money by reducing that capacity is by earning an extra. 150 million quid a year from other sources so you know, I don't think that financial implication of that capacity is an issue at all So this one's going to run and run obviously we've spoken at length about this there's a huge amount of reading as I said there's a very long article by us on Besotted on the Besotted.com website Bees United um, have, have issued one, Bias have issued one, and um, Trevor on the Grapevine, he, he, he wrote a, a very a very thorough piece again today. So go and check out all of those. And once again, Fans Forum, St Paul's Church Hall, Saturday the 26th of August, 12.30 till 2pm. It's going to be all over the unofficial and probably the official websites. So... If you want to come before the Wolves game, you're more than welcome. And the agenda and the time scale and all of that will be outlined in due course. Back to football matters. Football does matter. Believe it or not, football actually does matter. And we've got two... Well, every week's, every week's a big game now. We have got Ipswich Town away at Portman Road, which Europe, former European champions, you can, you, can, you can never get bored of beating Ipswich Town. And, but they've had a really good start to the season. And... It wasn't European. Oh well, well we've been well, Leeds United sing Champions of Europe, and they never won it either. So it's just a generic European Cup. Um, and we've got another team. Who we've got is another team on Tuesday. Um, um, smaller club. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Where will come? It'll come to us in a minute. It'll come to us in a minute. So anyway, yeah. Well, are we home? We still don't know. We're home or away to them anyway. This this other club. Yeah, Queens Park Rangers. We got in the second round of I will call. At the League Cup. Uh, no, we're not going to call it that. Um, next Tuesday. So yeah, I mean, obviously a slight, a slight little excitement spike in the, in the early, early few weeks of the season. Ipswich. We seem to have gone there a fair, fair amount. So I've, I, it's, it's a bit groundhog for me. We've, we've been there and we've done all right there, haven't we? We've done all right. We tend to walk away with either a draw, maybe the odd one 0 win, but they're always very tight games. There's never been any spectacular the sort odd, of yeah, the, odd broken three, leg. the odd broken leg. Is it going to be another typical Mick McCarthy setup and see where he goes? You know, they've, uh, had, a, they've had a good, they've had a very good start to the season, which is a little bit concerning. However, well, you, you know what happens? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if they, they won three games, and they're not going to win four games on the spin, are they? It's not no way. So. They're not going to win ten games on the spin. <laughs> yeah. Not going to happen. So I feel quite confident. Um, I, I think at this point we should we've given Ipswich Town a lot of stick over the years for their ticket prices and. Um, and they are only charging 25 quid on Indeed. Saturday, so I will be making my return to Portman Road, <gasps> having missed that last year. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I think it is a, it's, a, it's a good challenge. It'll be a physical challenge, um, as it always is at Portman Road. Um, but, you know, is it a, I think it's a good opportunity for us to, to take some steps to gaining our first three points of the season. And um, that might sound a bit of a cliche and, a, and, a, and whatever to say, but I... I I think yeah we, we we normally play well there and if we play to our strengths I think um, it will be I think it could be a good afternoon. 
The ticket prices may be cheap, but it'll never be as cheap as when me and Lainey went once in the cup and they we went through the unmanned turnstile. They, they forgot to put somebody on it. <laughs> and we just walked through into the crowd. A bit like all, all of a sudden, about 50 people saw what was happening and everyone was ushering in and rushed up to the top of the stand. So that was, forget your 20s, 20s, zero is hero. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't remember, I don't remember, like, it's like shoplifting, isn't it, really? <laughs> I've got, I actually, I've got, I've got, I, I'm not going to do this tonight. I will, when I'm a little bit uh, on another podcast, when I've when I've had a few more, I will tell you about Craven Cottage back in the early nineties. It's another story. Go on. But be be careful, otherwise they'll charge you extra. They'll charge you fifty quid on Saturday if they hear this podcast now. You know they, right. they, they charge me enough, but also ticket prices. QPR, my God, you know ten quid for adults, a pound for concessions. That's you know it's, it's worth turning up surely for that. Well, yeah, but it just shows how little they can sell out their ground, isn't it? I mean, you know, thank you very much, but QPR have to pay £10. You know, the reason they have to offer the £10 price is because no Rangers fan is prepared to go. They're not paying us £10. We're expecting us to pay them £10. Oh, I see. No, no, no. Floor is the plan. I think we'll win on Saturday. I do think, you know, it's very easy to look at the negatives when we haven't got so many points on the ball, but, you know, we haven't played badly. We know we're a good team and... Um, yeah, we are going to score goals, and we said at the start, the beauty of this team is they'll score goals, it's exciting, it's attacking, and um, it's, it's going to come good, and we all know we're going to be okay in the end, I think it will start this Saturday, and I think we'll pick up three points. In terms of Tuesday at QPR, to be honest, I don't really give a, a monkeys about that game, and it'll be, it'll be interesting because it's QPR, and there'll be a little bit of rivalry, but we'll see what team we put out, um, we'll see which of the... Um, the youngsters or the, the the fringe players get a game and you know, hope for a result and you know you never know if you get through this round against the next one we might start taking a little bit of interest but we don't get through to the third round very often in the uh, Caramoon the League Cup yeah I'm absolutely with Dutch on that one I, th- I think the game on Tuesday we're going to do Ipswich we're on the ascendancy with what we're doing on the pitch even though the defensive frailties we've talked about earlier uh, we're moving onwards and upwards I don't think we're ready for that but Dutch is right, they're going to field a different team on the Tuesday night, but I still think they're strong enough to do the QPR. Uh, Ipswich Town, Mick McCarthy teams. Now, I have to admit that I haven't seen them play this year, but my worry is that Mick McCarthy's quite good at um, pushing them pushing the ball up fast over the top might catch our defence out we have got to get that defensive defence sorted out it, it, they push it over the top they certainly do it fast <laughs> they normally have it, it, I wouldn't say it was a pace I'd say it's physical and it's high balls um, but I, I'm hoping we can cope with that that's worrying Carry for me on. second point is that I reckon we've got to start with Mopay now mm. on, on yeah. Saturday yeah. I think that's really important I mean Bay is a confidence player his confidence is low at the moment and I'm not helping by saying that actually we ought to start Mope and probably Vibe coming off the bench as Mope runs out of steam because he's probably not fully match fit yet or not fit to use Mope and Watkins. Watkins, we've, we've discussed about Rangers. I would actually start a lot of the B team players because it's going to be an atmosphere, it always is when we play Rangers, and it'd be great for the B team who are fantastic and really flying at the moment to play in a really small, tight stadium with a crowd that are big and large. And from my perspective, um, we've played three league games so far. We should have got more out. Of, we deserved more out of all of them. We, we, the, the, we should have got a point at least at Sheffield, um, a draw against Nottingham Forest, and we, we, won, we had won that game last night. Um, so, you know, we aren't doing a lot wrong coming forward. We're doing a fair bit wrong in our defence. We crack that on Saturday, we stand a proper chance. So, 
all that's really left now for me to do is is no are we gonna do scores yeah scores scores oh i was getting a little i was getting a little i like the 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 background little rumble we carry on with the rumble anyway the rumble in the jungle that's going on mystic ristic thank you for your input tonight what is your scores on the doors for ipswich and queens park rangers my mystic prediction for ipswich will be 2-1 to us and for qpr i think the youngsters can do us proud 3-1 to us the Allard Allard. 3-1 um, to us at Ipswich. I sound very confident. Um, QPR, um, one all goes to penalties. We lose on penalties. Oh, <laughs> oh you <laughs> absolute miserable bastard. <laughs> the Dutchman. 3-0 bees against Ipswich. It's all going to happen and come good. 2-0 QPR on Tuesday. Not quite so good, but not quite so important. Oh, my goodness. We're going to lose against Ipswich 1-0. Uh, ball over the top. The defence won't clear and one of the Ipswich players will score. Q- QPR, the B team, are going to do us proud and we'll win 2-1. For me, I reckon we're going to draw at Portman Road and I think we're going to go to QPR and we're going to win uh, 2-1 after extra time. So it's going to be good. It's going to be good. And there's banging, banging, banging. It's going to be a banging atmosphere on Saturday. It's, it's what's good about Portman Road. So... Now, that's all that's left for me to say is... Come on, you bees! Come on, you bees. TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.